0: Hello there everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Getting Lost in the Grey. I'm DG from DG Podcasts and yes, so last episode we were talking about a depression. Not, not a nice one, not a nice one. Not that any of these are very nice in any aspect anyway. But yes, so continuing on with our episode 3 which is talking about anxiety and as mentioned if you followed uh, the previous episode... Depression and anxiety tend to work in a hand to hand hand in hand um, manner. That being said, they can work separately and you can have anxiety without depression and vice versa. Uh, so a few different things about it, so we're going to be going through the different forms of anxiety what the what the kind of symptoms are the the varying forms. Of anxiety that can range, starting from your mild anxiety to severe. Uh, One point to put across, as introduced here, every single person on this planet has anxiety, and that's a completely normal thing. The issues that where anxiety becomes an issue, sorry, is when it it goes from your standard. Day-to-day feelings of anxiety over something new, something scary, something that, you know, for instance, if you're going for a job interview, if you're starting a new class at school, those kind of things, new teacher, new school, God, that would have been a scary thought as well. All these things come with their own form of anxiety and that is normal. It's perfectly normal to feel anxious about something. When it becomes a bit more where it's it's more regular and it's having an impact on a day-to-day thing, your day-to-day life, things that you're doing where you actually become worried or anxious or fearful or overthinking about certain things that you're doing that you've done before and that aren't really something big, new, scary, anything, like... If you visited a shop many times before and you're still anxious about visiting that same shop, again, this is like the 25th time, for instance, then, yeah, yeah, that's, that's getting a little bit concerning. So that's where I would expect, or anybody would expect, for, you know, people to start thinking, hmm, okay, this isn't just your standard, bog-standard anxiety. So, that's, the, that's certainly like the basis of this one here. So, we'll start by looking into the symptoms. So, general anxiety, which is a very overarching term and it refers to pretty much all, almost all, the anxiety forms. Now, that being said, not all the symptoms I'm gonna list are relevant. And not all of the symptoms are in here. There is different symptoms for every single person. As I mentioned in the depression episode, every person is different and not everyone is going to have the same symptoms because not everyone leads the exact same life. Everyone is unique. And in the same aspect, everyone is unique in how they have their own mental health. So, starting out. Symptoms. General anxiety has the symptoms of feeling nervous, restless or tense. Um the sources by the way that I'm talking about uh, in this episode uh, refer from your NHS UK NHS Inform Scotland Oxford Health and the Mayo Clinic. Um all websites and will all be shared um on social media and etc with relation to this podcast. So, uh just back in the symptoms there just to be quite divergent the feeling nervous restless or tense Having a sense of impending danger, panic or doom. Increased heart rate, now obviously that can relate to other things, so don't always just assume that, if it's a physical thing that you feel all the time, maybe it's something you should be getting checked with a doctor on a separate issue, might be related to mental health, might not, double check, always. Uh, Rapid breathing, sometimes called hyperventilation, especially if it's um, right before you're going to do something, you know you're maybe getting ready to leave the house and you start to hyperventilate, that's the concern. Uh, Sweating, obviously not dependent upon heat or any uh, outside factors. Uh, Trembling, feeling weak or tired. Uh, Now that's an interesting one because it's not one I would have ever considered personally, but interesting. Concentration troubles, um, unable to think about anything other than The things that are scaring, worrying, um, concerning you at that minute. You're unable to think about anything else. Uh, Trouble sleeping. Gastrointestinal problems. I can't speak today. Um, Now that's another interesting one. Certainly not something I would have ever concerned with anxiety. Uh, Difficulty, control and worry, that's a big one, uh, and the having the urge to avoid things that can trigger your anxiety. Now, those are very broad. Those are very broad symptoms. A lot of them you may even just find in a normal uh, day-to-day doing of things. But the, the issue is that if you're having them again and again... You know, if something new happens, you know, you have to take a random new bus and you've never taken it before. Everyone's going to feel anxious about things like that. A train running late, you know, these things, they all give uh, feelings of anxiety and that's normal. It's just when it starts to become more overwhelming to a point where it's literally it's starting to take control of you as opposed to you having control of it. That's the way I would personally think about it and re- referring to some of the symptoms as well. If you're um, having trouble sleeping, for instance, because you're anxious about something that's happening the next day, that that's normal. That is normal. But if you're having trouble sleeping because you're anxious about um, going into work every single day, now that's a concern because you shouldn't have... No, no, sorry, not that you shouldn't have, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to deal with those kind of things on a regular basis. And that in itself is a concern. And you'd have to be thinking about what is the underlying reasons of you having these thoughts and why is it that you're unable to switch off these certain thoughts that are causing you to be unable to sleep properly. So, yeah, the, the, this is where it comes into where anxiety can be a bit more concerning. Now, once we've passed the symptoms here, there is some other... Forms of anxiety. Now, all those symptoms can be related in one way or another to all these different forms of uh, anxiety. Now, the one key one to put out here is roughly about middle way on our list here, which is generalized. Sorry, generalized anxiety disorder, and that one is that one's really just the the overarching umbrella of the majority of these, and. It really is the one that is most talked about. Now there is other ones, obviously. Uh, now you've got agoraphobia, which is another one. Now that one is a type of anxiety disorder where you are scared, fearful, and because of that, it causes you to avoid places or certain situations or areas or people perhaps that might cause you to have a panic attack or even just panic in general. It doesn't have to be necessarily a panic attack on its own. Um, and they also can make you feel like you're trapped, you're unable to help yourself, you're helpless, um, maybe you're overwhelmingly embarrassed uh, again and again. So that's really agoraphobia. There's also Anxiety Disorder due to a medical condition. Now that one is very similar to uh, Intense Anxiety and Panic uh, Disorders that are directly, this is where it gets a little bit different, but uh, it has a direct link with Generalized Anxiety but it's also connected to a physical health problem. So that's where it can kind of deviate away from its Generalized Anxiety Disorder. We also have panic disorder. Now that's that one's quite a quite a more intense version. So that's when you actually have repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear. So essentially similar to panic attacks. Not similar, it is panic attacks. Um, feelings of impending doom, shortness of breath, chest pain. Pounding heart, heart palpitations, all these things, and not all together, but also on their own, it can indicate a panic disorder. There. Now, another one: selective mutism. Now, this one can be quite concerning when it comes to children. So they, they, they fail to speak in certain situations, in particular school, and other situations. Now that can be a bit concerning because you have to think about um, a child's um, academic health as well. So if they're unable to speak up or speak in general within a school situation, that can be a bit concerning because it, it could also have an impact on their schoolwork. So definitely something to think about, especially if you're a parent or a guardian of a child. Uh, separation anxiety disorder, so yeah that that um, interestingly it can be defined a lot as childhood disorder, but um, I think it's it's not just childhood related I don't think uh, obviously that's where it can be probably the most damaging in childhood uh, but certainly I don't think it's directly or indirectly just related to childhood. So, or sorry, a child as such. Uh, I think adults can have a very, very similar experience and can also suffer from separation anxiety. Uh, social anxiety, now I'm pretty sure a lot of us have heard of that, especially if you're on TikTok and social media. So uh, yes, high levels of anxiety, fear and avoidance of social situations due to whatever feelings it may be. Some of them are embarrassment, self-consciousness, etc. There are specific phobias, so, obviously major anxiety when you're exposed to something. Uh, it could be, you know, an insect, it could be a particular object, it could be something that you've had past trauma uh, involved with. Um, I do remember reading an article uh, about a, a lady who was um, attacked and uh, she was unable to be around a particular race of a person by their accent, not by skin colour, naturally um, but the accent um, and the person who had attacked uh, had a very similar accent to a lot of people that this person was previously around and um, they suffered a lot of anxiety from and obviously trigger uh, some triggers uh, and panic disorders and things like that from being around that accent again And yeah, that would have taken quite a lot of therapy and I don't think they ever truly were able to I don't want to use the term get over it or anything like that because it's not something anyone would ever get over. But manage I think is more a term I would use when it comes to these kind of things. And when I say manage I don't mean, you know, managing it for everyone else's benefit, is managing their own anxiety so that they can Um, get the best out of their own life and their quality of life that's the way I look at it, it's nothing to do with anyone else it's only for them in that aspect Uh, So, yeah, we also have, jumping back here, sorry, went off in a little story there. Uh, Substance-induced anxiety disorder. Now, that's another one. Uh, So, that's obviously intense anxiety or panic that are uh, a direct result of uh, drugs, substance use, medications. uh, Could even be alcohol-related because, you know... um, it might not just be illegal drugs, there's also uh, prescription medications as well, so they're all under that one thing there. There is obviously another one here which is called Other Specified Anxiety Disorder and Unspecified Anxiety Disorder. So those are ones that don't quite meet any of the previous di- uh, sorry, di- uh, criteria um, and they can still be diagnosed because Again, as I've mentioned uh, previously in the last two episodes as well, this is all things that we know of at the moment. Now, this will change. This podcast itself will become outdated very quickly because we are learning a lot more. And in particular here, we've realised that a lot of these uh, symptoms and things don't quite come under a specific term of anxiety or a specific mental health issue, concern, anything like that. So when it comes to anxiety, please, please reach out for help if you feel you are worrying too much and it's interfering with your day to day life, it's interfering with your work, it's interfering with social um, relationships, um, spousal relationships, sibling, parental where applicable. Um, also, if you've, you fear, worry or anxiety, is, it's making you very upset and it's difficult to get under control. That part there is very crucial because, as I say, everyone has anxiety but it's when it's getting out of control that's when you really need to be thinking about reaching out for some help. Um, depression. Again, if there's anything from the previous episode, and just to briefly go over them again, so if you're feeling any form of depression uh, and interspersed with some anxiety symptoms or feelings of anxiety or worry, then definitely those are uh, something you should be getting some help with. Um, Use with alcohol, so alcohol use, your drug use, whether it be prescription or um, not quite so legal. Um, substances. Um, getting them looked at as well. Uh, anxiety that could be linked to a physical health problem. So, if you're anxious about a particular health, a uh, physical health problem, and you feel that the anxiety is getting a little bit difficult to manage, definitely reach out. Any, any suicidal thoughts or behaviours. If this is the case, you seek medical treatment, sorry, not medical, well, yeah, medical, emergency treatment immediately at all times. If ever anyone has suicidal thoughts, negative thoughts in that aspect, please, please reach out for some help. Even if it doesn't have to just be an emergency treatment through medical, Reach out for help from someone. There should never be a case where anyone is facing these kind of things alone. Never. Now, uh, support that is there for your anxiety is very similar to depression, actually. Uh, there are some that are very different, but uh, a lot of them are similar. Uh, you've got your therapy, as mentioned previously, for depression. Medication that are very similar to depression. Not all, but some. Antidepressants, they can actually help with your anxiety symptoms. And again, this is why this is episode 3 and episode 2 was depression. Because they do link in certain ways. Um, Now, this is more of a... um, one from the Mayo Clinic which I believe is more US side um, so they may look at sedatives to be prescribed and I do know that they do look into this in the UK but it's not quite as utilised so I, I have heard instances where major major anxiety or major major panic disorders are used um, so not are used, uh, sedatives are used and that is purely as a temporary solution. And the aspect of calming someone, not sorry, not calming, but bringing someone down from a major, major incident or a major health concern. Where, for instance, a story I've heard is uh, a lady was um, in hospital when her mother passed away. And when she was told the news, she dissolved naturally into uh, a very very upset state but it wasn't just very upset as in crying and uh, tears and things it was very um very overwhelming feelings of shock naturally um and um anger and disbelief so these all put together to make the person very overwhelmed and they they just couldn't control themselves they couldn't they couldn't fathom the the sheer shock and the the, the actual the feelings that they were having and and in reaction to that they were not a danger to others, but they were becoming a potential danger to themselves, just because of the way they were behaving, and as I say, they weren't, like, you know, lashing out at people, but in that instance, I said, it was used, and, um, yeah, uh, the person had to be, um, just laid down in the bed for a little while, and, you know, had to... Wait for the sedative to wear off and it gave give that it gave the brain a little bit of time to you know to work its way through this shocking situation so that's i guess where in my opinion sedatives can be used but again this is definitely a short term solution and it's not something that would be regularly used unless you know under the um under the view of a a medical professional, so yeah, I'm going to close off here with some points. Again, I'm going to put this out here, and it's going to become quite a, uh, a, a an overarching theme throughout this entire podcast, and it will be something I'll refer to on a regular basis. So, if at any point anyone has any med- mental health concerns and they're feeling overwhelmed in any way, Anyway, this doesn't have to be anxiety. It doesn't have to be depression. Anything that you think you're being you're just, it's too much. Life is too much. Everything is just becoming way too much. Please reach out to someone. It doesn't just have to be a medical professional. There is help available just to talk. And talking does help. It doesn't give you a cure, it does not solve the problem 100% right away but it will help a little and every tiny piece of help that you can get is 100% fantastic and needs to be done. So please if anyone feels at any point they are being overwhelmed or anything like that please do reach out for help from anyone, friends, family medical professionals, whichever. Um, Our next episode is going to be about ADHD. Now, this is something that's quite personal to me, as I believe I have undiagnosed ADHD, and that's why I tend to wander off into stories. Um, So, yes, actually this was also why... Uh, I decided to do this podcast was around the ADHD side of things but uh, I have my own uh, personal experiences with depression and anxiety too so it all came together, in a nice one um, yeah, so next episode is going to be about ADHD and thank you for listening and I hope you all do well and we will speak soon, take care